Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, good Monday morning to everybody. How are you? I hope that you uh, last week joined Dr. Andy over at her YouTube live because it's always a great conversation. How are you today, Dr. Andy? I am doing wonderful. How are you? You sound you know, good. Oh, thanks so much. You know, I try to get up earlier and earlier and drink more coffee. I mean, that's the only way I can make it. Really, seriously. Me, uh, me too. I know. What I know. Is, you know, what what the, the greatest invention is coffee. I'm sorry, it just is. <laughs> Hands down. Hands down. Besides <laughs> raw food. All right, so we're going to talk about a couple of things that uh, you guys discussed over at your YouTube live. Just want to let everybody know that is every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. on 6 YouTube. 6 p.m. Denver time, mountain time. That's right, Denver time, mountain time. And it's called Dr. Andy's, A-N-D-I, Dr. Andy's World. All right, so last week you guys talked about chronic injuries versus acute injuries. And sometimes I even get confused on which one is which. So first of all, tell us what the definition is of chronic and acute. And then how do we treat for those type of injuries? Those are great questions. And yes, people get confused about that all the time. So acute um, is brand new. You just did it. You were, you know, walking down the street and you trip over something and you sprain your ankle. That's an acute injury. Your dog's running around the dog park and their butt slides up from under them and they rip off a, a, a nail and jam a toe. That's an acute injury. Your chronic are, is your arthritis is a problem you've known about for a long time. Um, or unknown, but it's been there a while. You actually generally have inflammation in the body, you know, it, a low grade inflammation in the body. You may even have bony changes and joint changes. So it's been there a long time. Cute so, versus chronic. Yeah. So you could acute. It's like, oh, isn't that cute? She just yes. had a problem. Yes. <laughs> okay. Something like that. <laughs> It's not cute, but um, so if we don't attend to the acute, which is something that has happened right away, it Mm -hmm. can it turn into chronic? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's go back to the dog park. Your dog's running around. They skid out on some dirt. Their back end goes flying out from under them. They they yipe, they hop up, they carry a back leg for a few steps um, and then they walk out of it and they go off and play. And you're thinking they're fine. You're, You're thinking they're fine. And that lumbar spine is not moving like it should. The pelvis is now rotated. The hip has been impacted. Um, And four years later, why is my dog not able to sit pretty like we've talked about on previous shows or can't jump into the car or is crawling onto the couch instead of jumping onto the couch? Now, are you going to remember that that happened at the dog park? No, 
that's just dog stuff, right? Right. Dogs suffer from dog stuff. They do dog stuff. Um, and you're not going to remember that in particular, but that's why when you see something like that happen, you go to your animal chiropractor and you get that adjusted right away. And so you don't have any chronic subluxa- subluxations or chronic arthritis to set up after that so many years down the line. So, um, you know, it just seems like to me that because dogs are rambunctious, because dogs run at the speed of light, right? They're just a mm-hmm. that it, it appears to me that all dogs <laughs> should be adjusted yes, on a on a regular basis because yep. of the way that they're made. Yes, dogs, cats, birds, people like we all have joints and muscles, and we do stuff. Um, and the body needs help maintaining that and maintaining that nervous system. But dogs in particular do dog stuff, right? Like, geez, they slam into each other on their weekly play dates. You know, um, they live with another dog that they're out boxing in the backyard on a daily basis. Um, and they're taking impacts. It's going to build up over time. And then you're going to have a moment where the straw breaks the camel's back. That's how bodies work. There's how many people or dogs, do you know, it's just grandiose, awesome story on how they hurt themselves. No, they went out into the backyard, came back in limping, went out into the backyard, came back in paralyzed. Like there is no grandiose story. It's just the last little moment. The body cannot maintain itself anymore. It's so amazing. And I I still think that a lot of people don't really even take advantage of chiropractic for dogs. They don't for people. That's true. I think the last stats I heard for people, I don't even have stats for dogs. I can't even imagine how low they are, but I think it's only around 20% of people go see chiropractors. And we think that's pretty mainstream. If you choose it or not, that's your choice. But we think that's pretty mainstream for people. And I think only 20% of people see a chiropractor. I can't even imagine what the stats are on a dog because it's still on a daily basis. A new client comes into my office and they're like, I didn't even know you existed. And I'm a smart ass. And I'm like, yeah, we've been doing this 20 years. Well, Uh -uh. (laughs) it's the same thing with raw feeding though. You know, people people are like, what? I just heard about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so 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 I do get that. And I was seeing a chiropractor uh, consistently until, you know, um, he was pushing the vax. And so I had to say, <laughs> uh, no can do Bubaloo anymore. Yeah, and so choose your choose your tribe, right? Yeah, that that I quickly figured out that wasn't my tribe anymore, which is weird, because when you really look at chiropractors, they're on the holistic side of things, Right. Yeah. And I think the vast majority of us, and I can't obviously speak for everybody were, would have been on the non side more, Mm -hmm. but every once in a while we had a few out there that were in agreement. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. So when, is there any possibility that a dog could get through their entire life without having arthritis? Oh, I think so. I do. I do. Um, they have, and it's, there are also people that can get through life without any aches and pains too. Um, we don't talk about confirmation in people, but we talk about confirmation in dogs and how they're put together. And some dogs are just put together well. And they just move well and they just take the impacts well. They're usually also minimally vaxxed. 
vaccinated, they're minimally treated for um, pesticides. They're usually raw fed, but some dogs are just put together where it's like, how, how did you do this your entire life? Um, my three-legged little Jack is probably one of them. He is just now struggling with his mile walks at 15, over 15. When he's had three legs his entire life, he's just been, he's just done really well with that. And then there are those that just, they're, it's just crap. Like, they just turn their head one way and everything goes out or they just look at another dog and think about playing and their hip hurts. Like, and there's sometimes there's absolutely no rhyme or reason to that. So your three-legged dog, does he have um, bigger muscles in certain parts of the body because he only has three legs? He, he's amazing. Now, granted, his mom has been adjusting him his entire life. Right. Okay. But as dogs age, and we've talked about this a lot, they move all their weight forward. And so a lot of our dogs look a lot bigger in the front and have smaller butts in the rear, right? We, we just get muscled up front. That's, it's kind of regular. We want to minimize that as much as possible. That's kind of regular. Just now he's starting to build up up front, but he's missing his left front leg. So when you're looking at the tripods out in the world, the ones that are missing the rear leg look like they are struggling. Like they just look like they're having a hard time getting around, but it's actually easier on the system to lose a back leg than a front leg because they carry so much weight in the, in the front. So the fact that he's been missing his left front leg his entire life, and he is not C-shaped, his rear end actually is symmetrical. His left and right rear is pretty damn close. Um, the left is a little smaller, but that's kind of regular in dogs. Um, and I don't know why, um, but just now that right front is really, really starting to muscle up and get a little out of proportion to everything else. And his neck bothers him, which again, when you older dogs in with or without missing a front limb, the neck starts getting involved in how they get up because they're not pushing so much from the rear. They start using that front end so dynamically and the rear just becomes something that follows behind. Is there, Are there exercises? I know that um, you like those exercises where dogs, what's it called? The little, fit paws. Fit paws. Fit, yeah. Yeah. The fit paws. Um, yeah. The little um, discs, the rubber discs, the rubber bones they stand on. It's an uneven surface. Mm -hmm. Yep. You do, Does that strengthen the front or does it help the back or both? Both. It just depends on what you're doing and how you maneuver the dog. Um, the vast majority of it is core. The oh, vast majority like is us. the core, just like us. And he's done that pretty much his entire life too. Well, I shouldn't say that maybe half his life um, with uh, Shauna O'Donnell who would walk them and, or on bad days, do the fit pods with them. Um, and so he's always done that. He'll throw himself around on bones and get on bones and he'll do anything you ask him because he's so food motivated. So he always did that too. And so I think it, it's just been, we've done a pretty good job of maintaining him. Um, but now we're, 15 over 15 and it's catching up. So would you say that throughout our dog's life, we need to try to strengthen that back end more than the front end because they're going to naturally uh, rely on that front end. 
Yes. And, and, and it's not even as much as strengthen as keep the proprioception active. Let's use that word. Meaning, um, you watch these dogs zoom around the dog park, right? They look like they're using all four legs. I guarantee you those back legs are going along for the ride. They're not being utilized as much as the front. And so they tend to start to literally forget they have back legs. And so picking, just getting them to think about their back legs and pick them up is huge. You don't even have to pick them up high, especially if they're seniors. So I talk about Cavalettis a lot with people, and that's just getting some PVC pipe from Home Depot, laying it along the ground and have them pick up their feet. What is that? A whole inch off the ground, just up and over. Cause they literally are just almost dragging them along. So, the so are you saying make, lay the pipe down mm-hmm. and then make them walk over the pipe? Mm-hmm. Yep. And there is fancy things you can get bet on Amazon and all them. You can order kits that are Cavaletti kits. You can um, Ashley loves building this. She's built me a couple ladders that they have to walk over things. So they're actually connected. Um, there's pickup sticks. You can lay them in all different directions and different heights and have them walk over it. So just get on YouTube, punch in Cavalettis and dogs, and you will be amazed with, um, what you can start playing with your dog, which is also really good for their brain, but picking up those back feet is huge huge, huge, huge. Sometimes I have people put just booties on the back feet, (laughs) boots. Yeah. Um, and the owners are like, Oh, they hate them. They pick their feet up really high. Yes, they do. They, they have to pick, they they'll pick up their feet that you, we've all seen the videos, right? We've all giggled at these videos. These dogs, they're hilarious trying to walk in booties, but it actually makes them think about their feet and pick up their feet. So sometimes I'm like, put those on for, put them on just in the rear or just this one leg or just whatever for your walk and then pull them off. And so they actually have to think about it. They actually have to send neurological information down that limb or those limbs and they pick up their feet. Wow. That's amazing. I never thought about that. I just always thought it was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And it is funny. (laughs) What little uh, music and and voices with it. I I love that. I love Mm -hmm. that idea. Okay, so Cavalettis and booties. These are some inexpensive things that you guys can do. Yeah, you guys can just do at home. Um, And then, of course, you can contact people that are Fit Paws. I don't know, trainers I might be the word they use. Like my Shauna. I'm sure they're all around. Um, You can do the big rehab programs too. I mean, they're all out there. We have quite a few around here in Denver. Um, what, how, how do the rehab programs work? Um, you, you generally have a rehab vet, so they've gone into additional training beyond veterinary school to learn rehab for animals. Um, and sometimes they're actually people PT that have taken the courses in the animals, kind of like I'm a person chiropractor has taken the courses in the animals. So you can get that overlap and they go in and they evaluate your animal. They, they really like, um, massage and laser along with exercises. And so they'll do the exercises with the dogs. They're going to train you and give you homework and you're going to come back, you know, whenever you go back. Um, I find them here in our area and in the Denver area, difficult to get in, very, very expensive. 
Um, I do think they're required in some cases. Um, but I think a lot of times just our older dogs that just need a little help, you can do at home. And, but there are some times that I, I do send people in and they're the places that also have the water treadmills. And that's what I, I personally really like, but getting to the water treadmill, even in the rehab places sometimes is difficult. They don't, they don't like them as much as I do. It is my impression. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do you think about the cold laser, right? So what, what is, what is not, uh, I think is ridiculous is that they don't allow you to use a cold laser, which I am nope. just befuddled by some of the rules in the world. Yes, we have rules. Um, we have practice acts. Um, <laughs> professionals do <laughs> veterinarians, chiropractors, PTs, all of us do. And the one that rules me for my animal chiropractic is I can't laser, um, the dogs or horses. I can't use any of the lasers, um, but I can buy those same lasers and use them on people because of my doctor of chiropractic licensure. Well, what if you were just like, you know, you were actually using it on the pet parent and it just kind of got on the dog. I mean, it was right there sitting on their lap. Uh, it'd be frowned upon. <laughs> it'd be frowned upon. Right. So no, it does not make any sense. When we are in chiropractic school, we actually get taught how to use lasers. Um, veterinarians are not. And a lot of times in the vet clinics, it's all handed over to the tech who has never done lasering before. And really lasering is very safe, very easy. The machines are all pre-programmed. You pretty much hit three buttons and you move the device. Um, the ones in the clinic are usually your class four. There's a lot out there, folks. I am not up on all my lasers. So do not, you know, think this is all that there is. There's a lot out there. But the class fours do get warm and they go really fast because they're more powerful. The ones that a lot of pet parents can go out and buy, they can go buy a 3B or some of the other ones out there. They're going to drop, I don't know, 600 to $3,000. And they're going to take a little longer to use. They're not going to get as warm. They are very effective. They're awesome while you're watching TV on your animal. You can do a lot of things on the animal. And then if it's in your home, you can use it on yourself. Like it's a laser is a laser is a laser. Um, some of them just have different programs in there to deal with the fur. Um, but there, it's a fabulous tool. The only time I find that laser does not work is they're lasering the wrong area. Mm. And this is my one complaint. It's not really a complaint. I get how it works in a clinic. I get it. You, the vet evaluates the dog. You, we want to do the neck, the TL and the right SI. Let's just say we, we have these three areas. This is where the dog is sore and they hand it over to the tech and the pet parent bought a package of six. Awesome. Great. They only do those three spots. Well, what if they needed another additional spot that was really bothering them that one day, or, you know, one of these spots really wasn't that bad and doesn't need to be done, but we're missing, you know, the dog, the animal doesn't get reevaluated every time to see what needs to be lasered. That's my, that's my pet peeve with it. If someone could just, you know, palpate the dog, squeeze a little bit, what's really kind of bothering them. Like the pet parents will come in and go, you know, that shoulder's doing really good, but they're limping in the rear. Oh, we can't change the plans because the vet has to reevaluate. And then, and it's, it, it, it's frustrating to me when 
that tech knows this pet parent and this animal better at this point. Right. And why can't we, you know, I get it's policy, it's clinics, it's, you know, the cookie cutter way of doing medicine. Um, but it's frustrating. So the only time I think laser does not work is if you're not getting the right areas. How does laser work? What's the premise? My very layman, um, explanation is the laser activates the cells and depending on the laser and how deep it activates the cells, that's the different kind of lasers. Okay. How deep it goes down into the, into the tissue and it activates all those cells to do what they're supposed to be doing. Cause when it's, when an area is inflamed and painful, it bogs down all the cellular activity. It just bogs it down. The cells can't move. They're all just, you know, bogged down with all this extra fluid and inflammation and they're just not doing what they need to do. And so the laser gets in there, activates everything. And so the mitochondria start working the cellular membranes start working. The cells are like, Ooh, we have stuff to do. We have to move this inflammation out. Ooh, we've got to activate these white cells and eat up all this crud over here. And it just kind of activates the area, reduces the inflammation, helps with the healing, reduces the pain. Can you overdo it? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm sure you can because everybody is different, but um, acute injuries that we really need to get this pain and inflammation down. And you had a laser at home that you could do so many times a day? Probably not. Um, chronic, it probably wouldn't. A chronic arthritic, let's say hip, probably wouldn't do you any good if you did it three times a day. Except if they had injured that hip and now you have that acute injury on top of the chronic, then you, you want to get that inflammation out of there. I think every case is different. Every laser is different. Um, every company's research is different on their laser. So mm, that's a hard question to answer. So when we look at dogs, obviously running, they're going to the dog park. Um, is there a point where we uh, because dogs won't stop, right? There are certain dogs you throw a ball, they're going to chase that ball until they absolutely just, you know, pass out. Yeah. Not that I've ever seen that, but you know what I'm saying? Oh, I've heard, I've heard the stories. Yes. Really? You've heard the story? I've heard Labradors just dying because they just won't stop chasing balls. So owners have to be the people in the relationship sometimes. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. Which which is what I wanted to ask you. I mean, obviously we, you have to exercise. Dogs do need to exercise. It's part of who they are, but how do we as pet parents police that to some extent and say, that's just too much. This dog will go and go. Where's the line? You do. Yes. You have to find that line for your animals. Um, I think ball every day is a really bad idea. And and the story every day, it's really bad. Because that is probably the number one injury maker because balls bounce in weird directions and the dogs go with it. Um, Some love just jumping in the air for no apparent reason to kind of get the ball, right? Like some of our dogs are just complete idiots when they go after the ball because it's fun for them. Right. Um, And then playing with other dogs, right? So any activity in a straight line, you want to walk your dog, you want to run your dog, you want to bike your dog, depending on the breed, you know, you'll have to figure out the miles on that. That generally is fine. You want to go off leash hiking. Generally, 
that's fine. But the ball playing and the dog playing, frisbee playing, not every day. You're saying that straight line is good or straight line yeah, is straight line okay, is good. Straight, Go do straight. yeah, straight lines are good. Okay. So in control of their motions, like on a hike, like purposely jumping on a rock and and getting, you know, going over rivers and all of that. That's excellent for proprioception and movement, but that's more in a controlled fashion, right? Um, I mean, of course there's idiots running around on hikes too, but you know what I mean? Like, but it's not that erratic. Where's the Frisbee going? Where's that ball going? Where's that other dog going? That's where the vast majority of the injuries come from, in my opinion. Okay. Two more pet peeves. Lots of pet peeves today. Do not throw the ball down your hardwood tiled hallway and play ball that way where your dog is on their nails, scrambling around to get the ball. Because, oh, because that talk about injuries, talk about trying to catch a ball on ice. Like don't do it. Also ruining your floors, but <laughs> it just, it's too small of an area. They're making too sharp a turns. I don't care if they like it. I really don't. It's, it's tolerable if it's down a carpeted area, but I'd really rather you just didn't. The area is too small. Um, and this is just, anecdotal random dogs and laser pointers not a good idea Ooh, well not if even you, for their eyes right well you don't shine it in their eyes but they the, some dogs will play with a laser pointer like a cat mm-hmm. and i don't those dogs that do that i don't think are neurologically well to begin with that's a big statement and i don't think it helps their brains at all Cats and laser pointers, that's a little different. I think you actually can get some nice exercise for them, but dogs and laser pointers just seem a little out of sorts for me. And the dogs that I've met that really like to do that are not quite sound in the head. (laughs) No, you're going to have to clarify that. I know they just seem a little off. They just seem a little neurotic, more neurotic. They just seem to have a little more OCD that just seems to wind up something in their brains that shouldn't be wound up anymore because not all dogs care about most dogs don't care about laser pointers. If you, if I shined a laser pointer around here, they'd be like, Ooh, what's that? Okay. That's stupid. That's a light. Um, they just don't do it. Like I've done it. Right. But the dogs that really get into it, uh, I don't, I don't like what it does in their brains. I think they've already have something that it capitalizes on. And I don't know any more than that. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't look doggy psychologist. Yeah. I, I don't even know what that would be in dogs, but because the neurologists aren't looking at that either in dogs. Right. But um, so, yeah, that's just one of my weird anecdotes I've seen over the years. Because OCD, <laughs> when you say OCD, that would be a dog that maybe cannot take commands, can't sit still, uh, can't, you know, maybe ride in the car uh, nicely. Things like that, that. Or, or they just won't like the border collies with their balls, right? Mm-hmm. Soon as you touch that ball, that border collie will not stop. That's what I kind of see like with, if your dog likes the later, they will not stop. And so they're just going to be overreactive about everything. Like, you know, we just, just too much on everything. Well, that's great information. That is great information. Dr. Andy, remember you guys can always go over to Dr. Andy's world and take your questions over to her lives uh, where you can, uh, were you stumped this last week, Dr. Andy, anything that you were like, I have no earthly idea, but I'll find out. No, actually, actually I've had two weeks in a row where I didn't get stumped. 
I didn't get any homework this week either. I had homework a couple of weeks ago. Um, kind of a random homework on uh, pressure cooking lectins. So it was, it wasn't really dog related, kind of dog related, but no, you, but no, no homework the last two weeks. Yeah. Well, how's, how's Mr. Torchy doing our dachshund? Oh, he's doing okay. He he had one of the largest poops he's had in a long time this morning, <sighs> which he's raw fed. So most raw fed dogs have really small poops. So he, it just tells me that he's not utilizing his food as well as he should. Yeah. But there's yeah. digestive enzymes. Are you already doing mm-hmm. those? Oh yes. Well, Neely had, cause I, so many weeks ago, I, 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 I was about to break down. I needed my tribe. Um, and so I went to Neely. I'm like, you got to talk me off the ledge or I'm throwing antibiotics in his ear and I'm going to do this. Like, you got to talk me off the ledge, talk me off the ledge. We're, we're doing a, a homeopathic protocol, but she put him on just the soil probiotics from adored beast, um, the soil, the sea and the sea potent. And that's all he's getting. He's actually not doing any digestive enzymes right now. So she thinks he might have SIBO, small he intestinal might. bacterial yes. overgrowth. We're not sure. I, you know what you're doing. So <laughs> I, I may appear to, but you know, you, well, there you are days. It. There you, are days when you gotta you gotta call it, call your people. <laughs> That's right. All right, get over to animalmagiccare.com. You could do a uh, chiropractic consultation, right? So if your mm-hmm. dog is out of whack. And you don't know what may be going on, uh, then I would say get over and talk to Dr. Andy and see what you might be able to do at home. Okay. And then she can also guide you on what you want to look for for a, uh, a, a chiropractor in your area. Or if you're here mm-hmm. and uh, in the Denver area, you can always get in touch with Dr. Andy Harper, Dr. Andy. Harper. And uh, that is animalmagiccare.com. You can also do a species appropriate diet consultation because we know that diet is the foundation, right? The foundation. And then we got to get the dog adjusted. There's so many things that we can do to make our dogs happier and extend their lives. Um, Remember the lives are tomorrow night, 6 p.m., Denver time over at YouTube, Dr. Andy's world, get your dog on a species appropriate diet guys. It's super easy. Hit that. I'm overwhelmed button. We'll help you out right here. Raw dog food and company where your pet's health is our business and friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon. Everybody. Bye. Dr. Andy. Bye. Oh, snap. Snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.